Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. We are going to have, we already are having, and today we are concluding our series of influence. And as a church, that has been our word for the year. And our key verse is, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And the emphasis and the reason why we've been preaching or sharing in our life groups or here on a Sunday about influence is because that is what we want to emphasise for you. How are you going to go about that for your year? What influence can you make? What ripple effect can you personally have within your work environments, within your home, within your school, within your community, within your world? What personal influence can you create? As a church as a whole, what influence can we have as a whole church to reach out into our community? So today I want to explore and look at a young man, not a young man actually, I was reading about it, he actually wasn't a young man. Um, I want to read about a man and discover a little bit more about him and what we can learn from him. See, influence is to have an effect on the character, the development or the behaviour of someone or something. And the man that we're going to look at is Daniel. Who's ever heard of Daniel? Maybe you've heard of him, in Daniel in the lion's den. And that's what we're going to look at is this man's life. Um, we often, as I said, think of him as a young, young adult, someone in his 20s or someone in his late teens. But as we were reading and discovering about him, he actually was a man that would have been, when he started his ministry life, 70 years of age. And when he went into the, Daniel's, um, into the den with the lions, he would have been 90. So if you're in this age bracket of 70 to 90 or you're getting closer to 70, your time is not up. God has a plan for you and your life. And you know what? When you age or you season a little bit more in life, it's not the end. God has so much for you. It's not the end, people. It's not the end. Anyway, Daniel, young Daniel, old Daniel, he was taken from his family. He became a slave Daniel was mocked for his faith in God, but God had an amazing plan for him and he positioned himself in the kingdom with Nebuchadnezzar. He had influence over the people and with King Nebuchadnezzar. So the storyline, I'm just going to go for it, through it really quickly just to get a bit of like um, the storyline of Daniel. When you start in the book of Daniel... Um, there was Daniel and his friends and he was part when he was asked to, um, well basically taken, um, Nebuchadnezzar was looking for wise people and he chose these Jewish men, Daniel and his friends, to come and bring wisdom to him. Anyway, there was a, a feast going on at the beginning of Daniel and if you could just picture a big grazing board, who loves grazing boards? And there was wine and there was the choice meats, let's go for grain fed choice meat. There was the good food. And these young men, these Daniel and his friends, followed God first. And during this time, there was a Jewish fast that was happening. And they made a choice in that moment that, no, we're not going to have these fine delicacies of the king that he's offering us. We're choosing to follow God and obey God and not eat of these meats, but we're going to fast and eat of the, the, um, you know, the fruits and the veggies and those things. So some people 
people, who's heard of the Daniel fast? Some people do that at the beginning of the year. This is where it was taken from. And Daniel gave King Nebuchadnezzar a bit of a test. Okay, I want you to look at these men, your men, and while they're eating all these amazing, delicious foods, and I'm eating all these other amazing, delicious foods, let's see who comes out stronger. At the end of that little test, it was Daniel and his friends that actually had a better countenance and um, strength was added to them. So that's one little part of the storyline of Daniel. And then we move on that Nebuchadnezzar, he has a dream. And who was the only one that could interpret the dream? It was Daniel. And then there's Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. And I remember last year preaching about Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. So I won't go into that. But if you haven't heard about that story, please go and read it because it is amazing. These were the men that um, Daniel's friends were faced with having to bow down and worship the gold statue that Nebuchadnezzar had made of himself. Nebuchadnezzar wanted people to bow down and worship him. But these three young men decided that no, we follow the one true God and we will not bow down and worship. They were then thrown into the fiery furnace and King Nebuchadnezzar, while looking in at the fiery furnace and these men were not burning alive, he said, I see there's four men in there and I believe that he is the son of God. And then we go on and Nebuchadnezzar, he praises God and then he has another dream. And then Daniel explains it again. And then Nebuchadnezzar, he praises God again. And then there's a writing up on the wall and God wrote on the wall and he had said to Nebuchadnezzar that his kingdom is coming to an end. And then we get to chapter six. How are you all going? Are you able to keep up? Because I'm not. (laughs) Then there's chapter six. Then there's Nebuchadnezzar's royal men. They did not like Daniel. They plotted about to get him wiped out. They did not like Daniel. They didn't like the influence that he had in the kingdom and the influence that he had with Nebuchadnezzar. See, when you choose to be a carrier, it often takes you to those fiery places. See, these men, these men, these royal men of Nebuchadnezzar, they could not find any fault in Daniel. See, Daniel Daniel was a man that obeyed the laws of the land. He was a good man. They could only find a charge against him if it concerned the law of God. So these men, they put out a royal degree, decree for 30 days. No one in the kingdom could um, bow down and worship another god or they could not go and ask advice or seek um, another man, only if it was Nebuchadnezzar. And if anyone worshipped another god or another person other than Nebuchadnezzar, they would be thrown into the lion's den. See, Daniel, this man, if he's young or if he's 70, he was a man that had core convictions. Whoever does core workout, goodness me, it hurts, doesn't it? It does. (laughs) He had core convictions. Convictions require you to decide what's right ahead of time. They are not based on what feels good or seems right in the moment. Your core convictions are the unmovable foundation upon which you build your life upon. You base your core convictions, people, on the Word of God. It's not an wavering opinion. It's not listening to other people's opinion. It's listening to the Word of God. God's voice matters. Um, As a teenager, 
I made a decision that I would go um, into my marriage as a, a virgin or I'd keep myself for my husband. Um, if you don't know what that word is, go and talk to your parents. But, um, but I made a decision that I wanted to keep myself for my husband because in the word of God, I believe it speaks a lot about it and it says in Genesis 2:24, Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. flesh. Hebrews 13.4, marriage should be honoured by all and the marriage bed kept pure. And for Marty and I, this was a core conviction for us. I believe that if I was in the moment and hadn't set up boundaries or um, created my own core convictions based on God, I think in the moment we probably would have not kept ourselves, if you know what I mean. But I recall when I was at work, when I was um, working in Port Macquarie and Marty lived down near Newcastle and often I'd go down on a Friday night after youth and um, we'd go out to dinner and my work colleagues could not understand, like, what? Like, you're getting all dressed up and you're going into the city, Sydney city, and you're going out for dinner and you're not staying in there and you're not having dessert? Like, what? I don't understand. But for me, my life, I believe, was a witness and I believe that it was a core conviction that kept me for my marriage bed. What core convictions do you have or need to set in place for your life? Daniel had core convictions to obey God no matter what. He didn't compromise his core convictions. So what did Daniel do when the royal decree came out? The decree that you could not worship any other God other than Nebuchadnezzar. In Exodus 20 verse 3, it says, You shall have no other gods before me. And this is what Daniel would have had. He would have believed the word of God, the law, and it was, you shall have no other God before me. But this is what Daniel did. And this is what I just am so encouraged and inspired by, by his life. This is what he did. He prayed and he worshipped. He prayed and he worshipped three times a day, just like he had done before. That's the key point, just like he had done before before. When, this, when the decree came out, he didn't panic and run around like a wild chicken. He didn't force a confrontation. He wasn't at the door of Nebuchadnezzar slamming it down and banging, saying, let me in, let me in, I need to tell you something. He didn't argue the unfairness. Pastor David McDonald says, if we can't self-lead, we will never lead the multitudes. We don't build our life in prayer to get more. We build our life to become more. Daniel did what he had always done. He prayed and he worshipped. Do you, do I have that kind of courage that when things are around us and opposition might come, do I have that conviction? Do I have that core value that I will pray and worship God? Daniel went to the window facing Jerusalem just like he had always done and prayed and worshipped him. Now, Daniel walked the talk. Now, people are genuinely not interested in having a theological debate. Is that true or is that just me? They want to see if we really live out what we believe. Now, when you engage with someone, when you have a genuine concern with someone, when you look someone in the eye and you see them, when you start to build relationship over time, an openness occurs. You start to build this baseline and you start to relate person to person. Yeah. 
I see you, I see you. You build this relationship. See, it's not talking at somebody or telling them what they've got to do. It's not the, you better turn or you're going to burn approach. It's more the, hey, this happened in my life and I believe that it can happen in your life. Matthew 5.16, it says this, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. St. Francis says this, Preach the gospel, and if necessary, use words. For me in my journey, um, I've been working in a school over the last nearly a year, and it's been a beautiful journey and the sense of who I've been meeting and things. But I have an amazing opportunity this week to actually go to my deputy's home. And I, not brag about it, but, but I know what I have done over the last nine months to build relationship. When I first entered the school, it was a lot to working with um, young children and their one-on-one relationships and connecting with them. But recently I've been seeing it's the teachers coming to me. It's my deputy coming to me. And I think, God, that's because we're relating person to person. It's not preaching at them. They know my faith. They know my stance. And I'm really excited. So you can be praying for me because I'm going there this week. Um, She's had surgery. But just being there and being in action, being a light, being an example with good deeds, it's amazing what opportunities and conversations can come from that. So here are some secrets to influence. Number one, love God. Simple. How simple is this? But yet so hard. The more time we spend with him, the more others can see him through our words and actions. Now, Daniel set this up in his life. He spent time in prayer. He spent time in worship daily with God. He was in communion with God, I guess you could say. He was uncompromising in his relationship with God. See, Daniel, he loved him. And if you look at Nebuchadnezzar's life, like if you think about him, like when I was, go and read it is what I want to encourage you to do. But like Nebuchadnezzar, like one moment he's like building a statue of himself so others can worship. And then he's like, you know what? Um, God is the one true God. And then all of a sudden he's like building a, um, setting up a decree that only people could worship him. And then then it's back to, oh, he's the one true God. Like if you think about um, Nebuchadnezzar, he had a lot of pride, but he was also on this emotional roller coaster ride of life. He compromised his life a lot. But Daniel didn't compromise. Even though man was telling him to do something, he obeyed God first and foremost. He loved God. Daniel's example continues to influence us today. Number two, love people. Seeing people through Jesus' eyes, having a genuine love for people, looking beyond your bias and see people. In our life group this week, we were talking about how sometimes like the different thing, bias or judgments that we have towards people limit us from um, building a deeper relationship with them. But move beyond that and start to see people as Jesus sees people. Number three, have excellence. See, Daniel distinguished himself. When I was reading this, I was just blown away and I'm like, I've never seen this. In chapter 6, verse 3, 
um, when Darius, he's, he's the king that came after Nebuchadnezzar, but he was in place. It, let's just read it quickly, this, book, this verse. It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom, with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might suffer, not suffer loss. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and made the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Daniel, he was attractive. Don't know if physically he was, but he was attractive in the sense that his administration skills were outstanding. See, God promotes prepared people. Daniel was a man of God and a man of the word of God. He looked through the world through the eyes of God. And that is why God revealed divine truth to him. Daniel's excellent spirit was due to his knowledge of the word of God. He carried an excellent spirit. What areas in your life can you continue to lift to carry excellence? Maybe that's going the extra mile. Maybe it's making your bed in the morning. Maybe it's just having a clean and organised workspace. Maybe it's mowing your lawn. I don't know. Maybe it's upskilling. Maybe it's uh, upskilling in your field of work. Maybe it's reading more. But carry an excellent spirit because that is attractive. It is attractive. Do you know what? When you see... um, No, let's not even go there. Carry an excellent spirit. Number four, attitude. Secret of influence isn't what you say, it is how you live. Actions speak very loudly. In Philemon 1 verse 6, it says this, I keep praying that this faith we hold in common keeps showing up in the good things we do and that people recognise Christ in all of it. What I want us to do now is just have a quick look up at the screen. We're just going to watch a very short video, um, so just check it out. Peering at a glassy pool or body of water, so quiet and calm, we've never associated with power. And yet something mighty is about to happen here. A movement, a motion, a moment. But it starts quite small with just one drop. You see, a drop can create a ripple. And we believe that just a singular drop, a singular man or woman, a singular leader, can cause a ripple so great and so grand that the whole world can be altered for good. Awesome. I recall as a child, um, we used to go, if Ben would like to join me up on the stage with keys, that would be amazing. Um, I recall as a child, my dad and I would often go for walks along the beach and we'd always look out for those very sm- like um, smooth stones. 
and we'd always pick him up. And I remember as a kid, he would teach me how to skim across the water with the, um, not me skim, but the rock skim across the water. And he, he would teach me the positioning of it. And I'm sorry I don't have one here, um, but like how to hold it and then the angle and you'd get down low and then you'd like skim it across the water. And we lived in um, Geograph Bay at the time, so in Bustledon. So there's no waves, it's just flat. And I recall, like, we'd have this competition of how many, like, skim jumps that it could do across, and I think we got up to six. But what is powerful is with this stone that we can have in our hand, if it's just a stone in our hand, it's just a simple stone. But when we release it and when we throw it and when we let it skim, the ripple effect from that one single stone can make a huge influence. Mother Teresa, as she said, I alone cannot change the world, but I can cast a stone across the waters to create many ripples. What ripples are you making? What with your stone that you have in your hand, if you're just holding on it and not doing anything with it, it won't have an effect. But when you release it, all the different giftings that God has given you, all the words of encouragement that He has, all those different things that God has placed upon your life, He has called and anointed you. But if you don't release it, it just remains a stone and can't go out to influence and have this ripple effect. Like, you know, when you go to the lake and you throw in the stone and then you see it like, just beautiful, isn't it? And that's what I believe as a church, that we are called to influence our community, our worlds across this great state, across this world. And right now, and we did this actually at our life group on Friday, is I'd just like us to take a moment because I believe that God positions us in different areas and different locations and different worlds to make an influence. And I'd love you to pull out your phone or a note, piece of paper or write on your hand. And I'd love to encourage you to write down five different people that you believe that you can influence. For me, it was people within my school environment, family members. But I want to encourage us, because when I was sitting in, that, in our lounge room, there was 10 ladies there. I'm like, from this room, we can influence 50 people. In this room, if there's 100 people sitting here today, that's 500 people that we can influence. Whether that's with good deeds, whether that's with prayer, whatever God's asked you to do with your stone, please do it and allow the ripple effect to come. So right now, just as Ben is playing, I just want you to write that down. And let's be intentional because we're going to pray in a moment for those people. You know, as soon as next week we're going into the paradox and we're preaching about the Gospel, influence doesn't stop. That's who we are. We are carriers of this Word that God has placed upon us to influence our worlds for Jesus Christ. So I'm just going to allow your moment just to write those names down and then we're going to pray. Maybe you've only got two people at the moment, but write those two people down.
Lord God, we just come in this place today. And we thank You, Lord, that as people we choose to love You first. We place You first. We just pray, Father God, for every single person that You, that we wrote down, whether it's on our phones or it's in our mind or it's on a piece of paper. But I just pray right now that God, as a people, that we can go and make a ripple effect into our communities and into our worlds and into our homes. Lord, I pray over everybody in this place, Lord, that a boldness will come upon us, Lord, like never before. That Lord, when those opportunities, that um, when we're in our workplaces, in our home lives, that God, when we, those opportunities are there, I pray that we step out and we take them, Lord. I pray, Lord, whether it's as simple as taking a meal or it's stopping someone in the shopping centre and praying for them. I pray, Lord, that a boldness will come because, Lord, we have an answer and that answer is You, Jesus. And I just thank You, Lord, for all of those names. You already know who those people are. And I just pray right now that we can go out from this place today and be a positive influence for You. In Jesus' Name we pray. Amen and Amen and Amen.